Wednesday, coming out of Miami, Florida, Winwood District, this is Ian Hamilton Trottier, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com, find me on the web, and what a program coming your way today, yes, as always, I intro with Seek and Destroy by Metallica, L.A. by Origin, San Francisco by Fame. Make no mistake about that comment there. That is more than just opinion. Okay? That incredible band moved to San Francisco because they sought after their bassist so much that they granted his wish. And they moved. Cliff died in a car wreck in Germany, I think it was. But that is the reason they relocated to San Francisco just, what, two years into their profession, their career. As uh, rock, rock artists, rock stars, they became stars. As always, like I say, I intro with Seek and Destroy by Metallica. That was their first studio record recorded song. Off of the Kill 'Em All album, and that was recorded out of the studio in New York, as it happens to be. So why seek and destroy, Ian? Because I seek out corruption, and I do what I can to destroy it. And what I'm doing currently is hosting this weekly program. And I strive to bring on incredible guests that have done their own research and have taken their own stand to make their voices heard about what they know and write books. And yes, I have written a book, and uh, that book can be found and, and purchased on my website, Federally Reserved. Uh, and you know it's 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 uh, right now. And though I've been in talks with a publisher and a contract has been reached, um, that book via Lulu is a real bargain price of I think it's like five ninety nine or something. Um, it's a it's a it's a real bargain. No more lies. So since I started this program. I am now, of course, uh, found on iHeartRadio uh, in the podcast form. Okay, you know, there's not a scheduled time slot. Uh, tune in uh, via podcast form. So if you listen to any of those apps, uh, you can find me on either one. Spotify. I'm on Spotify. 
you can follow me on, uh, and of course, iTunes, right? iTunes and Google Play. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, you, you'll see what I'm doing. And I want to go over because I, I don't think I have done it yet. This is episode uh, something like 107, maybe, 106. It's over the 100 episode mark. We, we, we broke that um, a few episodes ago. And, um, and, and I'm self-produced. I self-produce and, um, and I self-host. If you feel inclined, which I urge you to donate to the program, any donation over 50 bucks gets you a Be Awesome in Peach Mass Media t-shirt. High quality cotton. You can do that via PayPal. Donate now button right there at iantrottier.com. I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Okay. No More Lies is a book that was written... Uh, within the first 18 months of doing the program, and look, I started started out doing this program by invitation. I had no inclination or vision of starting a radio program, nor did I ever want to start a podcast per se. But what I'm going to read to you during this show today will show you and describe to you the research that I found that just blew me away. And, um, and as I was uh, car sharing, um, I actually enjoy it, You're driving a car share, taking a car share. Anyway, so I was driving, uh, I was driving a passenger one day. And uh, got into a conversation about Cecil Rhodes. And I connected the dots to, um, to this kind of local controversy at the time. And it kind of blew her mind. And she says, well, da 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 da, da. I, So Winwood Radio, she introduced me to Winwood Radio, who she was working with at the time. And, uh, and so that became a weekly... Uh, broadcast for me. And that's been over two years. So it is an outlet of the research that I've done um, stemming from this local, again, to Miami, Florida, um, and Wynwood, actually, which is a district in this city, a local controversy and that is where this has incepted. Big announcement coming your way today on Discussions of Truth. Big announcement coming your way. Again, if you're first time tuning in or listening, I'm Ian Trottier. I host the show every Wednesday, 5 p.m. A little late today. Eastern Standard Time, that is. Give you an idea if you haven't had a chance to look at my website, and if you haven't had a chance to browse one of the podcast platform guests lists. Excuse me, guest list. 
Stephen Kinzer has been a former guest on Discussion of Truth. Who is Stephen Kinzer, if you haven't heard of him? Former New York Times correspondent. John Perkins. If you're not familiar with John Perkins, type him into your search browser immediately. He's a former economic hitman. What he describes is very informative of how basically the Central Intelligence Agency does their dirty work. Last resort, of course, is war. But what an economic hitman does is he goes in to a nation, i.e. Nicaragua, and I urge you to listen to that episode because he talks about, uh, talks about his time going into Nicaragua and Panama. And he goes in to get contracts signed. Now, the dirty work is because that contract, it benefits a few people in the country of origin that possess those natural resources. It benefits those of, in power. But who does it really benefit? That's right. The United States, the CIA. And, and, and what is becoming more disgusting in the United States is that people like me, like you, like all of us, are letting those in power and those with the authority orchestrate and continue to orchestrate deals in their favor and to favor their companies that are supporting their candidates. Okay, in the bigger scheme, that's called a, a super PAC. Right? And so, so then you look at, okay, well, we'll do Donald Trump. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so anyway. That's John Perkins in An Economic Hitman. The Confessions of an Economic Hitman is the book that he wrote. And again, if you're asking yourself, why is Ian talking about this? Why are you doing this? Why do you do this weekly show at Wednesday at 5 o'clock out of Windwood Radio? Why? Again, I'm going to read you the article that I wrote, but it all has to do with this local controversy. Which led, again, to the invitation... I was invited to do this. Nomi Prince, former Goldman Sachs banker. And the key word there is former. Deliberately. Okay, she's a past guest on the program. And she's talked she talk about, she spoke on this program about collusion. Her most recent book. Chris McDaniel, who's a Senator out of Mississippi, talk about the corruption in the GOP. So corruption, corruption, controversy, controversy. Those are the topics that I tackle here on Discussions of Truth and Winwood Radio. Got a major announcement coming your way, a big, big announcement coming your way that is symbolic of the message, the weight that the individual carries. Okay, so I've already kind of uh, <laughs> already kind of revealed what the announcement might be. Right. But it's symbolic the weight that this person carries with them 
is symbolic of the message that is spoken weekly through this microphone, if that uh, makes any, any sense. And I think it does. I think I formulated that in a way that does make sense. Best nature. Okay, they are... Uh, Best Natures is a uh, hygiene company. They make very fine soaps, if you're like me, and you enjoy such uh, small pleasures in life, then uh, know that Best, Best Nature sends uh, all past guests a uh, complimentary uh, package. Uh, they're a, an organic company out of Canada. So that uh, brings up uh, a good uh, thought, and that is last week's program. So I've given you I've given you four individuals that have joined this program. Cynthia McKinney is a fifth. Okay, like I said, I've this is a, a, well over episode one hundred, and we've had some incredible guests join the program because, again, the message that is given is. Of most heightened importance. Six-term U.S. Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney uh, talks about deep state and talked about power cells. So identifying a problem is muy importante, right? That's, 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 that's identifying the problem. So what is the problem, right? So I'll get to the root of that as I go over this article with you, because I've never done that on any of my shows. I've never actually gone over the article that really pushed this through. I've mentioned it a number of times, but really pushed the the, the fruition of this program happening. Um, so Cynthia McKinney is a former former guest on this program, confirmed to join the program, of course, is Kevin Shipp. Uh, he's a former CIA agent and uh, speaks out about the CIA. I've no, had a number of rate Ray McGovern's joined the program. Uh, John Kiriakou's joined the program. I've had a number of I've had, I've had a number of former CIA um, agents join this program, speaking out about the CIA. Um, so anything you've heard in contrary to the legitimacy of the CIA um, has some weight in regards to um, these people's careers and what they say about their careers and what they say about what they know about what they learned during their time. Uh, in, in their in their careers, uh, for instance, Ray McCovern uh, joined the CIA and was with the CIA for 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 three three decades. Okay, so these aren't these aren't people that have joined and said, "Oh, I don't like how they do this. I'm leaving." You know, I don't like the way the hot dog tastes in the cafeteria. I'm leaving. These are people. These are these are these are firm and solid patriots. John Kiriakou. If you don't know his story, please do know his story. Uh, a lot of these stories get squashed by the mainstream. I mean, have you even heard of Cynthia McKinney? Is this the first time you even heard? She's a six-term U.S. US congresswoman from uh, out of the state of Georgia. Have you ever heard her name before? Okay, she's highly outspoken about many elements of the U.S. government, i.e., I already mentioned, the deep state. Identify the problem and then solution. So her solution is something called power cells. Uh, she invited me to participate in uh, an event up in November, and this was last year with her, but uh, it was too busy. Uh, April 3rd, 
this program will be hosting uh, chief scientist at NASA Langley, Dennis Bushnell. Yes, he'll be speaking about lessening oil dependency. Okay, so so as you listen to me speak and you hear me talk, and you, I hope I'm hoping you can kind of snatch little bit little buzzwords or phrases and put them in the back of your mind, and then at the end of the presentation here today, then you can kind of put them together like a puzzle. And you can say, oh, uh, all right, there's a line here, there's a connection here. Okay, And that gives you an idea of how I was able to write this article, which I will present to you uh, this, uh, this episode. I, I will read it word for word. Uh, Dennis Bushnell. Lessening oil dependency. Dependency? Are we dependent on oil? Has the thought ever crossed your mind? Are we dependent as a civilization on oil? Well, where do we use oil? Okay, let, let's see. What are the, what are some of the necessities in life? Food is a necessity. Yes. Um, uh, uh, how about uh, uh, housing? Uh, shelter. Shelter is definitely a necessity. Uh-huh. Uh, water. Water is a necessity. In order for us to obtain food, uh, we unless we're growing it on our own land or in a community garden or uh, we're able to pick uh, f- food or uh, if you like meat, then you hunt. But typically, if you eat food, you need money to buy food in a grocery store, for instance. And if you don't have a bicycle, then you walk or you take the bus. Well, how is that bus operating? The likelihood is that you're driving your car. How is that car operating? The percentage of Americans that are driving purely electric cars and even generating that electricity uh, or the equipment to, uh, uh, to manufacture the batteries that are in your car probably somehow rely on oil. So you need gasoline for that vehicle, and that is oil. So if you, if, if you look at globally, you're no different. If you go to Mexico, you've got cars dependent on operating via gasoline. If you go to Canada, if you go to Peru, if you go to Brazil, if you go to Australia, if you go to the United Kingdom, Russia, yes, globally, we as a species excuse me, are dependent on oil. So Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA Langley, would like to lessen that dependency on oil because it's doing one thing. It's enslaving us in one way or another. No, you're not in a ball and chain, or maybe you are, but it's not enslaving you in that regard. But it is enslaving you because you are dependent on it. However, there are alternatives. Okay, riding a bike is certainly one, or walking is certainly another, or buying or purchasing an, an electric car is, is another. But why aren't the majority of all automobiles on the planet electric? Is that by design? Would it make for a better environment? And I think that is an argument that uh, Dennis will and does make. Lessening ourselves on oil dependency. Are you thinking in advance? I hope you are, because you are then asking, 
well, wait a second. If we're dependent on oil, and it is by design, as Ian just suggested, then who controls the oil? Oh, OPEC? Oh, we know one thing. And this is interesting. Uh, this is very interesting. The Bush family. Yes, two of them have become presidents in, uh, and uh, presidents uh, of the country. Uh, the Bush family uh, was greatly involved in oil. Oh, uh-huh. Could they be linked somehow to standard oil? Oh, there is a link. And the link would be Yale University. Uh-huh. Okay, so lessening oil dependency. Do you like monopolies? I was just having a conversation today about Facebook. Is Facebook a monopoly? It's, I, I personally think they, they, there could be an argument made that they, they, they are. Right? Do you like social media? I said follow me on Instagram, or, 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 which is a Facebook-owned company, or Twitter. I didn't say follow me on Facebook. I, I, personal opinion, but do you feel like it's too big? I do. They're, they're too controlling. They're too powerful, in, in, in my opinion, antitrust. So in the oil realm, it was standard oil about the turn of the century. Okay, And that broke up into five different fractions, if I, if I have my numbers right. So five different smaller companies. But who retained the majority of the ownership of all those five companies? And the same person that owned the bigger company, Standard Oil. That would be the Rockefeller Foundation. Yes, UC Berkeley studies. Okay, so April 3rd, Dennis Bushnell will be joining the program. Rescheduling for next week. And this is a, uh, this is a fascinating individual. Anton Chaitkin has agreed to join Discussions of Truth. He is an author. He's a historian. He's also a political activist, and he's been all three of those for quite some time. He's the founder of the Lyndon LaRouche movement. If you have followed me back over a year, and if you have listened to my episodes before, then you hear me talk about Charlotte Eisenberg. Who was Charlotte Eisenberg? Well, Charlotte... Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte was connected to Skull and Bones via her father and her grandfather, and she had no idea the powerhouse fraternity that it is and that it was at Yale University. But Charlotte had actually mentioned to me Lyndon LaRouche. So Anton is the founder of the Lyndon LaRouche movement along with Lyndon LaRouche, I'm assuming, and serves as history editor for Executive Intelligence Review. Chaikin's father, Jacob, was the legal counsel and strategist for the boycott against Nazi Germany carried on by the American Jewish Congress in the 1930s. And his late sister, Mariana Wirtz, and his brother-in-law, William Wirtz, Jr., have also been active in the LaRouche movement. Chaikin authored a book that I'm suggesting here. It's called Treason in America, From Aaron Burr to Averill Harriman. I, I believe that wise 
minds look at history so that future, whether that's one second or that's one day or one month or one year or one decade, so that future can be a better experience for the human race than the past was, right? So Aaron Burr, who was that, right? Oh, well, that happened to be the person that shot Alexander Hamilton, right? And who's Averell Harriman? Oh, a very wealthy banker that was instrumental in the Skull and Bones movement, right? And what does they have? What do the, what do those two people have to do with treason in America? Anton Chaitkin. The basic premise of the book is that the American Revolution was not successfully concluded because a significant Tory faction has persisted in the United States politics, which is philosophically opposed to the ideas of the revolution and has sought to undermine them. This is the LaRouche movement. Okay, this is where the this is where Anton Chaitkin and the LaRouche movement come from. This is their mindset. This is their mind frame. They're not living in the present. Well, so to speak. They are living in the present, but they're looking at the past. So you could sit back and you can turn on your television tonight and enjoy uh, American America has talent or whatever. I don't know what some of these. You, know, you can enjoy one of these nonsensical, uh, which don't get me wrong, they 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 can be enjoyable. Uh, but you can you can you can spend your time doing that, watching a watching a sporting event or watching a sitcom or some other type of and 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 spend your time looking looking at this and say, oh wait a second, you're not 1776. That's when the, that's a war of independence. That concluded, and the Constitution was written a few years after that. Uh, yeah, this is this is old. This is history. This isn't important to me. This doesn't relate. This isn't relevant to my time. This isn't relevant to 2019. How does it relate? Oh well, there's quite a bit of relevance. There's quite a bit of relevance, and if we as Americans don't do something about it, like you starting your own podcast or radio show, or standing on a soapbox on a corner and speaking loud, uh, or sharing this podcast, or donating to this show to fund it, if we don't do something about these values that we've inherited, because not a single one of us living on this planet, whether in the United States, not a single one of us had anything to do with the writing of the Constitution that we enjoy, or at least we are assuming we enjoy, okay? Because it is we, because we do, because it's a lot worse in other areas of the world where you can't speak your mind uh, and, and show your displeasure for your government. Uh, like J.P. Lindstrom last week, eh, talking about uh, the Chinese encampments, right? So, so last week, the program hosted... Uh, uh, Paul Hellyer, uh, former deputy uh, prime minister for Canada and, uh, and, and former um, 
Canadian um, uh, head of the Canadian uh, uh, Minister of Defense. Um, before Paul came on the program, JP spoke about uh, the Chinese government putting Muslim followers and believers and practitioners into encampments. This is happening. There's well over, well over a million, uh, well over a million uh, Chinese uh, uh, Chinese citizens, residents uh, being re-educated uh, in these encampments. How, how does that make you feel? If if you are a follower of uh, Islam, and you believe um, uh, in 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 their teachings. Do you think that a government should throw you in an encampment? Well, the Chinese government thinks thinks you should be. So if you live in China, uh, then that's what you that's what you face. But the United States, not so. Okay, and 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 I'm a big supporter of freedom of religion and freedom of press, obviously, and freedom of speech. Okay, I'm, I'm a big supporter of these things. As long as you follow your religion with peace and you do so to benefit those around you and you give those around you the same freedom that you enjoy, that is, that is uh, your next-door neighbor or your co-worker uh, or your, the, your, 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 your classmate, you give them the same respect of um, adoring or praying uh, on their own time, of course, as they wish and whoever to whoever they like, then I, I'm a big supporter of freedom of religion. It's a cornerstone of this country, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay. Um, and very important. So getting back to treason uh, in America, according to Chaitkin, who will be on the program next week, this faction has included Wall Street financiers, Boston Brahmins, and Confederate secessionists. Money, 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 money. Uh, fund a war. You don't need to fight it. Just fund it. A lot of money to be made there. A lot of money. Dick Cheney? Ah, the name just popped into my mind. Yes, his Halliburton stock rose 400% during his time in office. 400%. So was there motive for for him to go to war? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. I think Brad Pitko produced that uh, recent flick. Chaitkin describes the book as a 600-page history of the struggle between the American nationalists and the Tory British racist imperialists. Faction from the Revolution to the Harriman Dulles years. Oh, there's another name out there, Dulles. So where does the name Dulles come into play? Yes, the JFK cover-up. And I'm saying that. The JFK assassination was completely a was a complete cover-up. Absolutely. Absolutely. With Webster Tarpley. Chaitkin co-authored the unauthorized biography of George Bush. Applause to Anton, which claimed to expose 
the ties of Prescott Bush and W. Everall Harriman with the Nazi Party of Germany. If you haven't heard this, as if, the, if this is the first time you're hearing this, you need to know that Union Bank of Germany was presided over by Prescott Bush in America. And I, and I, make, this, I make this analogy. If, if you're living in London, if you're living in London, and the German Luftwaffe, which is the name of their Air Force, was the name of their Nazi Air Force, is flying over and bombing you. They are running off of... And you remember I, I said, I said, store away some of these buzz words and phrases in the back of your mind, and then you can reconnect some of these things. So, so here's a classic example. General Motors engines, and by design, by design, running off of tetraethyl. Gasoline with the tetraethyl additive. How did I come across that bit of information? Yes, in my research regarding the local controversy surrounding a pesticide here in Miami, Florida. And I'm going to read that article to you in a few moments. Yes, tetraethyl additive. That's the only gasoline that the Luftwaffe, the Nazi Air Force, which bombed London, it's the only gasoline by design that would run those engines. So where did the gasoline come from? Because I already told you they were General Motors engines. Standard Oil. Rockefeller. That's right. So essentially... Who was bombing London in World War II from Nazi Germany? Uh, the Americans? Prescott Bush. Interesting. Interesting way to look at it. Interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So then we come into Dr. Anthony Sutton, a Brit himself former Stanford Hoover fellow. Those are some of the dots I connected. So, let me continue with Anton Chaitkin. Okay, I've already mentioned treason in America. Some of Anton's other writings are the unauthorized biography of George Bush. I already mentioned that. The Joseph Goebbels, excuse me, is Joseph Goebbels. On your campus. I think it's more, typically people pronounce it Goebbels, with the er. I'm not, I'm not German. Uh, why the British Kill American Presidents, the New Federalist. These are all titles of Anton's books. The Bottom of Bush's Closet. The Queer Case of Mary Sue Terry. And the American Prometheus. And I believe he'll be addressing... That with us next week. Okay, so Paul Hellyer joined the program last last week. Next week, Anton Chaitkin joins us. And I just got finished describing who Anton was. Paul, by the way, is 95 years old, and he is still practicing politics in his homeland of Canada. 
95 years old, and still going down to the office on a daily basis. He spoke about Hope Restored, which is in many ways an extension of his previous book, The Money Mafia, A World in Crisis. But here he seems to shed a little bit of light on the alternative news. This is, these are my words. The alternative news or information sources. And that would be exactly what I'm doing right now and exactly what you should be considering doing. Uh, but if you don't want to do it, donate to the program and help this one grow. Because it is. Why is it? Because there is a dastardly need. Now, I'm not sure if that adjective fits there, but I used it because it sounds aggressive enough. There is a, uh, it, it, let me use this one then. There is a disgusting need for it to happen. Like I said, I never envisioned doing this. Never, absolutely ever. And, and I certainly never envisioned talking about the subjects that I do talk about. Never did I ever envision talking about this. So, that's a nice lead way. And by the way, big announcement coming up. And you've noticed by now that I have not revealed it to you yet. But I will. Segue into the article that really spawned, spawned this little movement of impeach mass media that, I've, that I'm creating and that I've created. So if you go to your web browser, whether it's Yahoo or DuckDuckGo or Google, type in bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash, capital Z, capital I, capital K, capital A, capital M, I-A-M-I, capital B, E-A-C-H. That's bit.ly forward slash Zika. Miami Beach. A couple years ago, the Zika virus came ashore in Florida. And a friend of mine asked me to look in to the local controversy with him. And before then, I was privy to all the information I was receiving off of mainstream media and radio and television and flyers that I was seeing around town. That Zika was a real threat. Protect yourself from Zika. It's a nasty little virus. Right. Okay. So, I knew there was a local controversy. I knew there were, oh, spray this pesticide, don't spray that pesticide, spray this mosquito repellent on you, don't spray that mosquito repellent on you. But I didn't really look into it. I felt, man, look, the government will choose what's best for the people. <laughs> Then I was contacted by a producer. She's been on the program a couple times out of L.A., Mary Menon. She runs HoneyColony.com. Welcome to Zika Miami Beach 2016. Like I said, it was a couple years ago. It was in the fall of 2016, so it's, it's been eh, going on two and a half years. Where you can get sun, sand, and death spray just after this pesticide was sprayed here along the coastline that's federally protected for the turtles, by the way, and in this uh, district here in Wynwood. Just after this pesticide was sprayed here, 
It was sprayed up in South Carolina, outside of Charleston, and it killed three million honeybees. It created quite a buzz. And Mila de Murr is someone that I connected with during the buzz because she was very outspoken about GMO mosquitoes and a fabrication plant in the Florida Keys, close to where she resided, down in Key West, that was owned by a British company and sitting on Florida state land where the employees, American employees, were forced to sign NDAs, which is a non-disclosure agreement, about the work that they were doing inside, again, the British-owned GMO facility, mosquito GMO mosquito facility. She took her argument and her petition of over 2,000 signatures to Washington, D.C. to meet with the EPA. The morning of the meeting, she was found floating face down. And that's important. Face down in a pool. Yes, dead. Dead! This is someone that I connected with during the outrage over the Zika virus versus the pesticide controversy in 2006, fall 2006. So anyway, Miriam asked me to talk about what it was like, she found me on Twitter, what it was like to be living in and amongst this local debate. And shortly thereafter, there was a Zika, quote, Zika case found in San Diego. I'm not sure what pesticide was used there. But Zika causes microcephaly. That's, that's proven it causes microcephaly, which is a shrinkage, of, a shrinkage of a developing fetus's brain. However, the controversy is surrounding around, around, surrounded around the pesticide. Because the pesticide, pesticide also causes microcephaly. And is indeed banned, made illegal in the European Union. So, Ian... Give your perspective of what it's like to live in this. And I live in South Beach. Okay, I was living in South Beach at the time. And I would hear the crop duster buzz right over my head at 5 a.m. in the morning, spraying this very controversial pesticide. And I'd see pregnant women walking around, and I knew the dangers that they were exposed to. We were all exposed to it. So this is how it all started. And here again, connect some dots. So, I'm going to take the time, because I've never done it in any of my episodes, to read the article, which is very important, and it gives an exact explanation as to why I do what I do every Wednesday at 5 o'clock on Winwood Radio. Again, you are listening to Discussions of Truth. I'm its host, Ian Trottier. I'm its creator. And I'm its producer. So, go to PayPal, donate 50 bucks to the program. Editor's note, and that would be Miriam. I recently visited Miami where I was greeted at the airport with a placard warning me about Zika and advising me to protect myself against mosquitoes by buying DEET. That's capital D-E-E-T, all capitals. I had to take a double take. Huh? Authorities are telling humans to go and apply a poison? Unfortunately, most trusting people blindly follow, like myself. Yes, like I told you. I, until a friend of mine told me to look into the controversy, I was assuming the government would take care of what they needed to do to protect the, uh, the people and keep them in their best uh, interests. Apply DEET for three or four consecutive days, and who cares if you get Zika? You'll likely experience slurred speech, 
seizures or other serious side effects like falling into a coma. This faulty advice should make you think. So, that was what Merriam opened the article with. The rest of the information is my research and my writing. And we begin. Bitly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Zika Miami Beach. Capital Z-I-K-A, all capitals, capital M, and capital B. At 5 a.m., the crop duster buzzed over Miami as I lie in bed. Life dramatically changed after that. What was that smell? Why were my eyes red? Why was my chest now suddenly irritated? Soon after, I started spotting dead birds on the side of the road. A friend told me her angelfish died. Another one in the tank developed a strange growth. From here on out, planes started spraying once a week on Sundays before dawn. The incident would last about 30 minutes. The first plane took off during the early morning of Friday, September 9th. Next, we heard bees died. The local high school stayed home in protest. By week three, they'd extended the spraying zone. Breathe deep, hold, smack. A mosquito landed on my arm one morning. Did that mean I now had Zika? The fight that stands out in my mind flew on a Saturday to accommodate Sunday's max cycle escape to Miami Triathlon. The following day, world-class athletes performed amid toxins. That morning, I had to be up and out of the house at 6.30. Rushing in my car, things just didn't smell right. And I found myself holding my breath. Outside, felt like a war zone. I felt like a plane was dropping a bomb on me and spraying a toxic gas. There was nothing I could do about it. I was weaponless. We were told that waiting at least an hour ensured it was safe to go outside. Okay, so 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 this is like being basically invaded. Your airspace being invaded. And I want to mention very quickly, very briefly, Eleusinian societies. Folks in authority, and there's varying levels and degrees of authority, Consider for a moment you owning a major company like Facebook or Microsoft or Google or even bigger, Standard Oil. You have an outlook a century down the road. Remember the term dependency on oil, and that is by design. Okay. Closing thought. Proceeding. The deet goes on. To find out more, I decided to attend a city council meeting in Miami Beach where the meeting warning about Zika seemed real. The way local and national media were describing it, I, like others, was scared to death by the threat. 
Twitter, Facebook, mainstream news, every time I turned on the television or radio, local government agencies were telling us to reconsider travel, procreation, and to apply, yes, to apply the very poisonous DEET. Then I learned that NALID, the poison they spray over us to supposedly protect us from Zika, is even worse. And then there's also Duet. South Beach continues to get a healthy dosing of that chemical, too. This again, this was written in 2016. I frequently hear the Clark pesticide truck spray at 2 a.m., and I would see them. This rodeo continues to stage. I keep video footage, and I still have that video footage. The Environmental Protection Agency, where were you? Yes, Milady Moore went to visit you. And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, claim that NALID does not pose a health risk to either people or pets when sprayed in low concentrations. But many others, including the European Union, disagree. The EU has banned agricultural use of products containing NALID. According to Mike Adams of Health Ranger, DEET, in conjunction with a spray like NALID, combined to form a hyper-toxic chemical compound, quote, a biological chemical weapon, presumably murdering white blood cell counts. For instance, this article shows how the pesticide chemical triphenylton weakens the immune system by, quote, reducing the tumor-killing ability of natural killer cells by 50 to 60 percent, end quote. DEET. And Nailate are considered to be far more toxic. The bureaucracy I witnessed blew my fuse. For the first time in my life, I felt like my government was objectively trying to harm its people. Not a good thought and feeling. Unfortunately, it took a plan to douse me with poison for me to wake up to what was going on. Following the meeting, I proclaimed to CBS reporter Michelle Gillen, local Miami, that members of the Miami Beach City Commission were a bunch of puppets. And you can find that YouTube video. I estimate that there were about 350 people in that chamber. 300 were against Nailed. Yet the commission bowed and kissed the feet of the Miami-Dade Deputy Mayor, Eileen Hudak, who stated Nailed needed to be used. Where was she living at the time? Before Hudak's testimony, it seemed the commission was strongly considering a one-week moratorium to suspend spraying. But when Hudak stood and spoke, their demeanor changed, and it was as if her words were their command. She responded directly to critics in the audience while emphasizing that the decision to spray Nailed was made after consultation with state agriculture officials and the CDC. I don't make decisions based on Google searches, she said in response to the outcries. Just maybe the cover-ups of the agencies above you in authority? Mm. Rather than just blindly trusting the CDC, let's take a look at the insecticide fact sheet. Nailed, which has been registered for use in the U.S. since 1959 and is sold under the brand name Dibrom, is an organophosphate, a group of insecticides or nerve agents acting 
on the enzyme acetylchlorinesterase. I could see strings being pulled, a la puppets, and not only from the county Miami-Dade, that is, level, but coming from Tallahassee, Scott Capital Partners, the hedge fund owned by Governor Rick Scott of Florida. For instance, they owned a Mosquito Control Services LLC as well as Pharmaca, a pharmaceutical company. Is Rick cashing in somehow? It's certainly a valid question. Put a thinking fedora on and a gas mask, Miami. Art Basel just passed through your city. An additional 100,000 people on South Beach. So I wanted to hire a banner-carrying plane to inform everyone that they were being poisoned. Americans are walking blindly. I am and was no exception. Shortly after the spring, a hurricane hit. Hmm. I grabbed my surfboard. After a few hours on the waves, I spent the next weeks in bed, sick. Turns out that Nalid breaks down into an even more toxic chemical, and the half-life more than doubles once it hits water. According to the CDC, the chemical dichlorvos can be treated when Nalid degrades. Excuse me, can be created. It also breaks down quickly. What about the sea turtles? So, the city of Miami Beach is a nesting habitat to three federally protected species. The findings published at Miami Can. Don't believe that's an active site anymore. But Chem-Talks is, and you can go there. Completely debunk many mainstream claims, including the very important following statement that the CDC has concluded that Zika does cause microcephaly, there is still a lot that we don't know, but there's no longer any doubt. CDC Director Tom Frieden. What do you mean there's no longer any doubt, Tom? Microcephaly was traced to a monkey in Uganda 69 years ago and has been considered a benign virus up until now. That is Zika. But the CDC is an astute government organization that can be trusted. Stop spraying shows zero correlation between Zika and microcephaly. And again, those studies will be found at chem-talks. Meanwhile, if someone gives birth to a microcephaly baby, you would need to consider circumstances that would potentially damage the brain growth period. Was it pesticide? Was it a combination of exposures? In fact, pesticides have been shown to damage or weaken the immune system. The science of how chemicals affect the immune system is called immunotoxicology. For example, if repeated pesticide exposure weakened a person's immune system, they would not be able to deal with Zika, like an elderly person or a young child. A healthy immune system could easily deal with the virus. Mainstream media won't tell you that typically 25,000 microcephaly babies are born in the United States annually. Comparing the rate of microcephaly in the United States to Brazil, the U.S. rate is 40 times higher. And if you go to this article via that link, bit.ly forward slash Zika Miami Beach, you'll find the sources to these studies. According 
to the CDC. They get it from exposure to harmful substances such as alcohol, certain drugs, or toxic, chem toxic chemicals. Toxic chemical insecticides like chlorpyphros, excuse my pronunciation, not to mention flu, flu vaccines. Yes, I'm going to repeat that. Not to mention flu vaccines. Flu vaccines are shown to cause microcephaly. Of great importance is the study showing that the flu vaccine, Tdap, also plays a role in the development of microcephaly. Tdap contains aluminum, aluminum salts, which are shown and known to cause birth defects, according to a 1982 study by Alberto Rotondo. Women in Brazil were timely and mandatorily given the Tdap flu vaccination in 2014. Microcephaly broke out in 2015. Zika followed. Yes, Zika, the virus, followed. Incidentally, the human brain grows at 4,000 cells per second beginning the fourth week of pregnancy. Meanwhile, this Oslo study shows Nalid directly causes microcephaly in a developing child with basically zero immune system. Catastrophic. I conversed with Dr. Laura Rodriguez, a professor, and this is me, of infectious disease and epidemiology at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. In an email, Laura states, quote, microcephaly could have existed before the epidemic, caused by a range of other factors, from genetics to infections and radiation and toxic exposures. These are the very immunotoxic elements of the environment that I speak of. I'm speaking for myself. The accumulative effects and interactions of the chemicals we get exposed to. Nailed plus DEET plus DUET equals very sick. Right, Health Ranger, Mike Adams? In our environment, fear over immunotoxicology is of concern. Quote, we can say with accuracy that if it trends of being exposed of toxins continue at present pace, half the population, for instance, will have diabetes and asthma in 35 years. Is there money in the health industry? Making you sick makes other people a lot of money. That's true. These numbers are unsatiable financially. Excuse me. Unsustainable financially. Not to mention the dramatic loss in quality of life. And that's from one Richard Pressinger of chemdeshtalks.com. This Swedish study shows alarming cancer trends over the past 80 years and strongly suggests it is because of environmental exposures. When looking back at cancer rates of 1940s, 50s, 60s, they are only a fraction of what is occurring today. Perhaps not coincidentally, the CDC rarely gives cancer rates for before 1970. If they did, people would be in a panic. Then there's the dumbing down effect. According to David Bellinger of the Harvard Medical School, Americans have lost 16.9 million IQ points due to exposure to organophosphates. That would be Zika, for instance. And loss of another 24.1 million due to lead and mercury exposure. Once these chemicals enter the bloodstream, regardless of age, damage occurs. Chemicals like Nailed negatively affect the brain's ability to complete, expand, act on, develop, and process thoughts. 
damage the acetylchlorinesterase, and your brain begins to have problems completing functions. Prohibiting acetylchlorinesterase function by exposure to nailid and other such chemicals like organophosphates or carbamates can cause onset of diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and seizures, according to the European Bioinformatics Institute, an international, innovative, and interdisciplinary organizations specializing in data in the life sciences. And then there's the question of money, profit. Sickness is lucrative to some. According to Science Daily, exposure to chemicals commonly found in things like plastic bottles, detergents, toys, cosmetics, and pesticides total about $340 billion in annual health care sales. So let's get into a little bit of Miami heat now. The caffeine drink you're hustling, Ian, is more dangerous than Nailed, said Hank Campbell, Campbell, Campbell in an email to me, resident of the American Council on Science and Health. That's what he told me when I expressed a concern about the use of Nailed. The energy drink, like the energy drink that I like, is more toxic question than an insecticide known to deform children's brains. Rep Explosion, the drink he was referring to, contains high levels of caffeine, branched chain amino acids, multivitamins, along with artificial flavoring and controversial dyes. If I have to choose, I'll go with something that helps me crush my reps, I write, over permanent neurological symptoms, Hank. After the city council meeting, Red Bull would fit into that as well, I wanted to form a peaceful human protest outside the Kendall Tamiani Executive Airport. But an attorney advised me against this. And this is a former JAG Navy attorney from Florida. Whoever is thinking of protesting will most likely be arrested immediately and charged with a felony. They might even tag on, and this is what got me an act of terrorist. That's what she told me. So... Let's take a quick one here, a, and a real smooth trumpet, I wrote. Did she just say terrorists? My family arrived in Quebec in Canada in 1640. Then down into San Francisco in 1890, uh, much of my family built states, helped build states like Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah, and I'm indirectly related to a founding father. That would be Alexander Hamilton. I just spoke of in regards to Aaron Burr. And I'm being told that I can't speak my mind on public land and inform the pilots that are driving into Tamiani to board their aircraft to spray this spray over the, the county? That I'd be a terrorist, she suggests? Some days ago, I engaged NPR reporter Mikhailin Dukleff, pardon the pronunciation, on Twitter. And she holds a PhD from Cal Berkeley in chemistry. I sent her two studies, one on NALID, one on DEET. They're both on my website. Those weren't good enough to her. She said, thanks, Ian. That one study is in guinea pigs. Is there any evidence in people, she asked. So I sent her this study on human beings that clearly shows pesticides caused reduction in head circumference. Keep in mind that the pesticides 
in the study are far less toxic than that which was used in Miami for Zika. And now she won't return any correspondence. The clash of opposites makes for progress. If you can control the opposites, you dominate the nature of the outcome. Hegelian dialectic, as put by Dr. Anthony Sutton, Stanford Hoover Fellow. Remember, connect the dots. Connect the dots. I mentioned that early on in this broadcast. Petroleum drives the global economy. And chief scientist of NASA Langley, Dennis Bushnell, will be joining this program in two weeks. And he would like to talk about lessening ourselves and our race and the way we know life globally on oil. Cars, planes, fueled by gasoline. Nailed is a petroleum product. Chevron introduced it in 1956. This is all in the article that I'm reading here. Okay. Bitly, forward slash Zika Miami Beach, capital Z-I-K-A-M-M-B. It is currently, this is 2016, manufactured by American Vanguard out of Los Angeles. That is basically a Dutch bank. Incidentally, this chemical pesticide has been banned by the European Union. Meanwhile, Proxifen, one of the main chemicals in the Brazilian government uses against mosquitoes, is a Sumitomo product owned by Valent, which is also a Chevron company. Sumitomo happens to be a subsidiary of the controversial company Monsanto, which is now merged with the German-owned company Bayer. What was the last stronghold of the Holy Roman Empire? No other than the Bayer-based country known as Germany. Oh, and Zika was first patented and currently, they maintain that patent by the Rockefeller Foundation. Over in Brazil, the vaccine Tdap used in pregnancy and the larvicides Priproxifen have been tied to public reports of Zika and microcephaly. According to the New England Complex Systems Institute, Priproxifen's, quote, structure mimics the role of juvenile hormone which has been shown to correspond in mammals to a number of molecular molecules, including retinoic acid. Retinoic acid during development has been shown to cause microcephaly. In Pernambuco, Brazil, for example, priproxifen was sprayed, yet also added to the drinking water. It was here that microcephaly became epidemic. Control the air you breathe and the water you drink. And do you now see the hands that are being tied? Hegelian philosophy suggested by Dr. Sutton. Control the opposites. Insert the word monopoly. That concludes the article that I wrote for Honey Colony. Dot com and Miriam Hennen. 
about two and a half years ago. Shortly thereafter, I was invited to begin the program that I currently refer to as Discussions of Truth right here on Winwood Radio. Big announcement to reveal. And I will do so after I take a very short break and come right back for my closing comments. You've tuned in to Discussions of Truth every Wednesday, 5 o'clock, right here on Winwood Radio. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Give the program 50 bucks. Give the program 5 bucks, 5 cents, 5,000 bucks, whatever you like. Do it via PayPal, impeachmassmedia.com. I'll be right back. Joining Discussions of Truth, April 10th, at this time, unless otherwise scheduled, David Icke is scheduled to join Winwood Radio, former football and sports broadcaster. He's an English professional, conspiracy theorist. Theorist, conspiracy, conspire, man's desire for power, greed, control. Yes, it's a very real threat to your way of life. Just ask the Chinese and how their government feels about Islam and people practicing, being practicing Muslim. Yes, it's absolutely out of control. Yet if you, like David, somehow attempt to question authority, that little label there 
conspiracy theorist gets attached like it did with David. David. Anyway, I find it fascinating because, as you've just heard through my article, the powers that be, i.e. the Federal Reserve or the Bank of England, control the way that you see the world and how you live life. But you are just as entitled to anything in regards to this planet as anyone else. So make your voice heard. David Icke is the author of over 20 books, numerous DVDs, and has lectured in over 25 countries, speaking for up to 10 hours about his research. For audiences. Ike believes that the universe is made up of vibrational energy. Well, so did Richard Lighthouse, who joined the program a, a few weeks ago. And he has a degree from Stanford in chemical engineering. He also believes it consists of infinite number of dimensions that share the same space. He believes that an interdimensional race known as the reptilians belong being called the Archons, have hijacked the planet and that a genetically modified human-Archon hybrid race of shape-shifting reptilians, also known as the Babylonian Brotherhood or the Illuminati or the Elite, manipulate global events to keep humans in constant fear as the Archons can feed off of the negative energy. He claims many prominent figures belong to the Babylonian Brotherhood and are propelling humanity toward an Orwellian global fascist state or what is known as, take a dollar bill out of your pocket, flip it over. It's right there. New World Order. Yes, it's on your dollar bill. A post-truth era where freedom of speech is obsolete. Ike believes that the only way this archonic influence can be defeated as if people wake up to the truth and fill their hearts with love. Critics have accused Ike of being a Holocaust denier and an anti-Semite he claim, they claims he denies. So, his research is fascinating. Paul Hellier, who joined the program last week, former Deputy Canadian Prime Minister, spoke about the U.S. government's knowledge and exposure to extraterrestrial technology. How can you retort the claim? Right? That's my view. You can deny it because maybe your gut conflicts with it. But how can you retort it? Right? How can you retort that? Coming from a former minister of defense for one of the largest countries on the planet. He's been exposed most likely to many more, and at 95 years of age, many more high-level documents of all sorts than you probably can dream of. And I'm associating that statement to myself. 
So, David Icke joins the program April 10th. You've tuned in to Discussions of Truth. This is Winwood Radio. And until next week, Wednesday, 5 p.m., I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Be awesome.